It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here. So we got to connect. This connecting. Welcome to the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. No idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thanks very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Okay, we are going to try this and see what happens today. And I think we'll go to Dan Perkins. Look at that. The fantastic Dan Perkins. Biggest star, in, biggest star in the business, Dan Perkins. Don't believe him. Just All ask right, him. Well, He'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> How are we're you, Dan? We're certainly growing like crazy. We got our 30-day numbers on the 15th of uh, August. Three-quarter million trackable. Look at that. That's awesome. And we're building our to our network. So he's going to give given us 3,000 a week. So he'll give us a million two or more. So at the September 15th number, we'll be approaching six and a half million. Look at that. Look at that. Real fast. And we got a lot of more stuff coming, surprises coming. So we're we're absolutely thrilled. IQL Rizzoli, can you hear us, my friend? Are you there? I don't know if he's connected with us or not. I well, don't see him. We will we will try him again. I uh, our original guest called me early. <laughs> So, me and IQ have already... Maybe I can call her and get her back on. Maybe, hold on. Let, 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 let's get IQ on first. And I am going to see if I can call Miriam because she said she had another interview. But maybe, maybe she will be available. Let's see what happens here. That would be fantastic. We do we do the interview with Dan, and then we do an interview with IQ. <laughs> she didn't do the interview with both of them. She did the single interviews. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Hi. Miriam, how are you? Hi again. Hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on an errand. Okay. Well, hey, when, when you're done, if you've got a, a few moments, I've got Dan Perkins. So if... You want to go do what you've got to do and then just call us back. That'd be awesome. Hello, Dan. 
Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am well. That's that's nice. I was just asking Dr. Hollis if our if our interview aired. Yes. Not yet. I'm speaking with um, oh. uh, uh, Janice tomorrow. We're going to go over it. Okay, that's nice. That's wonderful. So you guys do you do, you do a show together? Yes, yes, we uh, do a show a every, every every Tuesday for a oh. number of years. So. Thank you. Please leave your message for. Well, I'm just walking out. I'm no, 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 no. You're you're good. If you wanna, if you wanna call, if you wanna call us back a little bit later when you're done, bebopping around to town. Be on air or to we will be on air. Yes, we will be well, on air. Just if I call you in, it's to my time. If I call you at three, does that work, or is that? Ah, uh, I think we'll be off the air by then. Okay. I I have one more errand to run, and then I have another show I'm doing at well, four. Well, that that's fine. That's fine. We 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 can get this together at some point, and you, me, and Dan can have a a terrific conversation. So I, I'll yeah, get with I would, your. I would love that. I'll get yes. with your press people, and we'll get this figured out. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you. Nice to see you, Dan. Have a good show. Thank you. For <laughs> Thank, thinking you. Of me. Thank you. Thank you. There Bye -bye. she goes. Bye. That is a. Bye. Uh, <laughs> see, she was originally supposed to be on with you, me, and IQ today, but her mm. press people gave her the different time, so it's just you, me, and IQ. So, but IQ's not here. But IQ's not here, so it might be just you and I, which is fine. That I, I will, I will definitely love to pick Dan Dan Perkins. Just be Jim. No, 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 no. We, nobody wants that. <laughs> so, so Dan, um, what, what in the world did you think of old worst to first Joe Biden uh, with that deal today that he did? Well, um, <laughs> Whatever that maybe was. Maybe you can help me. I, I was, I did not, I didn't see it, and I haven't. I've been too busy doing shows. I haven't had a chance to look at any clips, but I got this email. Okay. And maybe you, do you, you see the, the Biden thing? Did you see I, it? I did not see it, but I know that Sandra Lee, who was on our, who was on another show I did today, she was just, wow, she was fired up about Joe Biden and how he sucks and we need Trump back. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I heard today was, later late this afternoon is that at that conference joe said that a hold five thousand or five thousand soldiers yeah jim i've been to the c-130 there ain't no way they're putting five thousand soldiers in battle gear inside a c-130 <laughs> and even if they were stripped naked, you still couldn't put 5,000 in that and take it off. But I have been able to verify the quote. Wow. Well, I'm looking at some of the reaction just by typing in Joe Biden's name on Twitter. And there's things like, I've never thought less of a human being than Joe Biden. He is dumb, a liar, and a heartless scumbag. Um, every president says they are against forever war, but only Joe Biden had the guts to end the longest war in American history. Well, okay, you, you take the good with the bad, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I look at what's going on. Um, Matthewson released a poll today. 
Yeah. And had two basic questions. One was about Biden, and the other was about education in America. Yeah. And the education numbers said, let me pull it up here so I can be actual, credibility. So, last recent telephone survey found that only 32% of likely voters rate Biden administration handling of the current situation in Afghanistan as good, while 52% rated as poor. I'm wow. trying to figure out where did they get 32%? <laughs> I mean, just watch what happened. How is it not like zero? Zero. Um, and 50% of voters said Biden's determination to withdraw all the military forces was a bad decision. Bad decision. So n not to be outdone, um, we decided to look at, uh, interesting why we did it, but or why he did it, I should say, Rasmussen. This is what Rasmussen found now. This is important, Jim, this is important as a background piece for what's going on in the public schools about masks and all that stuff. Yes. This is what they found. 30% of adults rate the performance of the public schools in America poor. 30% combined with the rate um, of Americans thought, thought it was ex excellent, 8%. Okay. And good, 22%. So we had, we had, we had 34% of Americans says it sucks. Excellent, 22% said it was good. If you add the two excellent and good together, guess what? You don't come up with 35%. <laughs> Still, it's simple math, you know, the baby. 35%, the 35% the who said it's they're terrible outnumber the people who said it was good or excellent. Yeah. Now, we've got on our show tomorrow, Jim, in order to try and provide balanced information, I decided that some of the information that we're getting might be, in the United States, might be a little suspect. Okay. Especially coming out of Atlanta with the CDC. Okay. So I had a long conversation a couple weeks ago with the doctor, let me get her card out here, Dr. <laughs> Margarita Brinson. And okay. she's in London. Yes. And she also works in Frankfurt. She's one of the leading authorities in the European Union on masks, especially for children. Wow. I want to tell you, she just, she said, this is a wonderful quote. I don't need a clinical trial study to know that if you put a mask on a young child, you will diminish the flow of oxygen to their brain, period. And wow. if you diminish the flow of oxygen to the brain of a small child, you're going to have negative impact on their growth patterns, their intellectual growth, and their physical growth. 
And she says, I don't need anybody to tell me that, that I need a study to prove that. So she really goes after this idea of masks for three school children. Then she talks about the vaccine. Now, I'm going to say something, Jim, that I've only said today for the first time on any radio show. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry you weren't first, but you're on later than <laughs> no, no, that, that that's fine. That's fine. You're good. <laughs> so here we go. Pfizer has been approved by the FDA as vaccine. Yeah. Did you know, James, that all research data provided by Pfizer to the FDA review included no data Delta was never included. Wow. Did you also know, James, that on the original Pfizer study, they had a two control groups. They had a base group that got a placebo and the other group who got the, the trial vaccine. Did you also know, James, that out of the goodness of their heart, <laughs> after the trials were over, they were gave everybody in the control group who hadn't had the vaccines the vaccines. Wow, really? Which means there is no core group that they can study longer term of people who didn't have the vaccine. It was destroyed. Holy smokes, really? Yep. So that's why I decided we had to have, I had, at least on my show, needed to bring in somebody who was an expert as a a resume that is on pages of the website. considered to be an expert in Europe and her comments about the use of masks in children and the vaccines she says they're waning and um, the fact that uh, we were told you might remember Jim probably less than a month ago booster shot primarily for the people that were at the highest degree of risk and a later, what does DC say? No, everybody's got to get a shot. But a week's time, lost their confidence in the vaccine. And also changed. When they decided they were going to have a booster, the criteria was eight months after your last shot. Now they're saying six months. Because it's six months the effectiveness of the vaccine eroded by a third in those people who had it, myself included. So what she's saying is for a vaccine to lose its effectiveness so dramatically, so quickly, it's outdated already. So now what are we going to do? We have no idea what we're going to do. And does Uncle Joe who was the savior for the COVID-19, does he have any clue? No. Everybody's got to have their shots. And so, uh, it's 
I'm trying to get a hold of a doctor to verify that I went to Publix here in Florida, supermarket chain. I asked about getting the boosters. The pharmacist at the Publix, which has been giving out these shots for months, said that um, the control factor, now that was earlier, that was late last week, and that was eight months. Now it's six months, so I would assume that they would ch change their protocol. If you've had the, if you've been six months or more and you had your second shot, you can go and get the vaccine anytime. Because the same as the second shot. Now I'm hearing that the reason why it's not going to be available until September 24th, I think is the number, is they're making a new vaccine as a booster. So I don't know what the hell's going on, Jim. I needed to the American people. <laughs> See, th this is the thing. I when we we did a uh, a segment earlier today with with Miriam and IQ, and she was bringing up the fact that you know you were told you were supposed to get a a shot, and then well, it's two, and now it's three, <laughs> now it's well every thirty days. And then there's all this research that people are starting to do where the this Delta variant is the media is trying to get spook everybody and say, well, this this came from the people who are not vaccinated. When in reality, there's a lot of people that are starting to find evidence that this is coming from the people who are vaccinated. This is a giant mess. <laughs> you have to ask yourself if you're unvaccinated say okay now this is what they're telling us you get the shot but you can still get the virus but it might be less and you won't probably won't die you can also spread it better than somebody doesn't have the virus and gets it because they have the vaccine the vaccine shots so if you're gonna get it or you you can get it even with the vaccine. So tell me why you want to take the shot. And, and, the, and the reason why you, you go down that road, Jim, is that I, I'm, I feel at times I'm, I'm speaking to deaf and dumb people. That's not necessarily a criticism of my audience or yours. <laughs> it, it's just that there are, a lot of, there are a lot of people out there who still take the government at its word as yes. being honest and it's and it's it's not true um the idea that you can take the shot and you're going to have immunity the doctor will tell you in the show tomorrow in london she has a patient who in the summer of 2020 was diagnosed with covid hospitalized on a respirator and fortunately recovered. So they tested her immunities and she was loaded with immunities. In March of this year, and the shot regiment, the uh, Pfizer vaccine. Yes. She's now back in the hospital with COVID again. She has no immunities. They disappeared out of her body. Wow. And 
and they're they're it's only one case that they know of, but it concerns them that it destroyed the natural immunities, whatever happened. Now that could be a result of um, the um, Delta and its impact on the system. They just don't know that they're studying, trying to figure it out. So there's a lot of stuff going on that we're not being told about in our country. And when we find it out from somebody else, uh, the, the quote scientist, she said, she makes a wonderful statement on the show about science, follow the science. And she said, people need to understand that when you say follow the science, you must understand that it's not exact. There isn't really a science to follow. Science is the study of what could be happening, but not necessarily a solution. When, when, when she didn't mention anybody by name, but he's a short guy with gray hair. Um, <laughs> you like that one, huh? <laughs> uh, she, she said, um, it's bogus. Because somebody says, follow the science, then you follow the science, you follow to, like, the, to no conclusion. Because science is the pursuit of information to try to come up with a conclusion. Science in and of itself is not the conclusion. So people who tell you, well, I follow the science, no, you can, you can say you're following the science, but in reality, the science is uncertain. You know, somebody said to me recently, medicine is a science. Maybe it's an art form more than a science. And, and so all this is going on, and America is being told, you know, you got to wear masks. You're going to have to get a third shot now sooner than you thought. Is there a fourth shot? I mean, I, I've tried to ask the question, so suppose I don't take the third shot. I got the first two. If it dropped in six months, a third of its power, if I wait another six months, is it going to be another third or more or less? And the answer is they have no clue. We'll know there when we get there. So basically, everybody is like human guinea pigs at this point, Dan. Yeah, it's a that's what Dr. Malone, who's been on my show four times, the guy who did, who developed the mna model, uh, calls this is not a vaccine. It is a experimental gene therapy. Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that tossed around a lot of places. Yeah, and I, what I don't know, Jim, is why, because I'm a, quote, scientist, um, and I don't even have a white jacket, so I can't even play a scientist. Um, <laughs> so, you got some uh, good ones to So, if, if we don't know what is happening... Why are we opening our mouths and 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 
and making statements that we uh, quote attribute to science when in fact are not science. Now, I'm going to stay in the same CDC church, but okay. I'm going to move to a different pew. Okay. I always love that term when you use that. <laughs> uh, move to a different pew? Yes. Well, I like to do it too. So, so what, what happened was the CDC issued an order that landlords could not evict because they couldn't afford to pay rent because of the pandemic. Yeah. That was challenged by the governor of Texas, the Attorney General of Texas and Oklahoma. And we went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court agreed with Texas and Oklahoma. And they said it's unconstitutional. Now, normally speaking, James, if the, the Supreme Court opines on and says it's unconstitutional, you're supposed to stop it. But the Biden administration said, in essence, we don't care. We're going to do it anyway. So they decided to reject, reject, and that's an important thing to remember, Jim, reject the decision of the highest court in the land because they believe it didn't apply to them or the situation. And so we now have the executive branch of the government refusing to do the, the, the responsible actions of the court, but just the only, the only power that the court has, according to lawyers that I've talked to, contempt of court. Wow, really? Yeah. So what you see here is a position by the Biden administration to decide they're going to control the courts. No matter what the courts say, if they don't like the decision, they're going to go the other direction and don't give it. That's scary when the, when the executive branch tries to negate the checks and balances that our founding fathers put in the Constitution. All of now, another pew in the church. <laughs> Last Saturday, I went to mail some of my books to a person. Um, and I walked up to the post office and there's this great big banner. We're hiring. Okay? I don't know the job, but I'm just curious. <laughs> and I, I walked in and put my express mailbox on the counter i said so how many people are you looking for and she said four root carriers here but across the postal system need to fill 250,000 jobs wow holy smokes and what she said is that we have people in an interview in shorts and flip-flops and they come in and they interview and they get the job and uh, want to come in before 10. And um, I'm going to work weekends and I'm not going to work overtime. And when they're told they have to do these things, they quit in they're two gone. weeks or less. So they don't make it through the 90-day probation period. 
when you think about the latest jobs numbers, so there were 10 million jobs that need to be filled. Yep. And yet yep. we have corporations who are saying they may have to go out of business because they can't find people who fill jobs. Well, about three weeks, many of these outrageous benefits for COVID, bonus, unemployment, and all those things are going to start to disappear. But, Jim, I don't think people are going to want to go back to work. I think there's a portion of our society has lost its work ethic. Yes. And and they're going to, what's going to happen, I see it coming, I wrote about it months ago, is that those people who are living off of the public dole want to make it permanent. So there's going to be a suit to allow all the benefits that the people who are unemployed are getting to be permanent and no work requirement. So what happens, Jim, if you know about employment psychology, the longer a person goes out of work, the more difficult it is for that person to go back to work. Most employment psychologists say if you're out of work six months, it's almost impossible for you to go back to the job that you had before. So we've got people who have been on benefits for a year, year and a half, that are going to supposedly expire in three to four weeks. And I'm telling you, look for all kinds of lawsuits from those people saying we're entitled. In other words, Jim, so social can the people that the government can take care of you for a family of four, with all the benefits that you get, you can get $100,000 a year. You don't pay for it. That's what's going on, and that's what's happening. When I, last time I took my car into the car wash in Fort Myers, there were three people. One checking in the car and doing the vacuuming. One person to push it through the uh, the car wash mechanism, and one person to dry it. But there was nobody at the cash register. The person wow. who was drying the car had to come in, and I said, what's going on? She says, we can't get people to work. There are fast food trains that are going out of business because they can't get people. But it's more than that. I think it's being interrupted because the manufacturers of products whether it's lumber or coal or steel or whatever, open their factories and run them because they can't get enough people to work. And all we have is we have millions upon millions of people who are not going back to work and they have an opportunity for a job and they're not taking it. They'd rather live off the public dole than to go to work. That's a sad state of affairs. But that's the results of COVID-19. Well, and something else, and this is <laughs> this is where it's going to get uh, 
where it's going to get interesting. We've got Dan Perkins with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. And uh, Dan, one of the things that happened at the beginning of the summer was there was a gentleman, I'm trying to remember where this was, it was somewhere in Florida, and he had he had an ice cream store along the beach. And he was hiring people. He was trying to get people hired because he's, you know, it's Florida, it's the summer, we're going to sell some ice cream. And he put out this ad that he would pay everybody $17 an hour. And he was inundated with applications. The thing that I'm trying to figure out is that some of these places, they, they get they're paying decent like the ice cream guy or like the post office. I've known several people who work for the post office and they make pretty damn good money because it's a government job. You know, they get $25. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you have the ice cream guy who can pay 17 an hour and he's deluged with applications. And then you have the post office who's paying 25 an hour and everybody's like, not enough. (laughs) <laughs> it's the craziest deal dan it is it is and and so we, we've lost the work ethic in a significant portion of our country and um those people have become dependent upon the central government to provide for them uh i'm not sure that you can ever go back to well, the thing that I think a lot, and and I see this all the time on on all the various shows and 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 things, is that people are freaked out and they think that we're headed towards uh, socialism with a universal basic income. And I'm like, well, you're gonna have to give people a little bit more than three hundred dollars <laughs> to have a universal basic income. So what, what, what do you think is going to happen? Because th- th- this is the strangest thing, because it's like we were just talking. You know, the guy in Florida is paying 17 an hour, and he can't, you know, he, he, he can't hire enough people because he's, he, he's got people flying through the door. The post office is paying 25, and they can't get anybody to come in. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about, you know, there's, there's, which I'll tell you, at some point there might be, I can, I can clearly see that lawsuit thing coming. I, you know, that I can, I could clearly see that happening because that, that would not shock me. Right. Um, there's, there's a couple of things, a couple of things in, in response to your question. Yes. Yes. I think that um, things have changed dramatically. I think that the American people are beginning to see those who voted for him what they elected. And after eight months in office, or less, probably less, but oh, yeah. his polls have been tra- trending down. They don't like the idea that they have to pay 
more money for gasoline, money for food, more money for housing, utilities, uh, automobiles, gasoline. They don't like they're paying all this. And all this came about when the government shifted from Republican to Democrat. On top of that, you had the border crisis. For millions of people are coming across the border. And the president has yet still not been to the border. Almost been once, and she wasn't really that close to the border. So um, the, he was losing momentum, and they they knew almost from the day he was elected. In a side, just a side issue, a friend of mine who's a Democrat said, "Well, yeah, we voted for Biden for president." We sure never wanted him to govern. After <laughs> <laughs> so, well, your wish, he sure as hell ain't governing. No. Uh, so the war crisis, inflation, uh, the economy starting to stagnate, uh, and then and then the topper was what he did in Afghanistan. And so when you when you have a president polling in the 30s. Uh, and and this, I don't believe this issue of what he did in Afghanistan is far from over. Um, and so what we're seeing is a significant decline in the confidence of American electorate in President Joe Biden. Now, what's fascinating about this is, from from my standpoint, Jim, is okay. So are now Democrats who are saying that Biden's got to go. And, you know, if it continues, there could very well be a Nixon moment where the leader of leadership of the House and the Senate goes up to 1700 Pennsylvania Avenue and say, Mr. President, you got to go. The, the country has lost confidence in you, us, and you can't effectively govern anymore. You got to don't want to make that walk, Jim, because they know that 49% of Americans think that Camilla is not competent to be president. She's oh, yeah. Competent. Yeah. Yeah. They, so, yeah, they don't want her. <laughs> they, uh, they definitely don't want her. So I'm like, okay, do you, I don't think Pelosi wants the gig. So <laughs> I'm like, well, so what, she, what do you do? Theoretically, if she was to uh, succeed under the, the most likely scenario, two scenarios, he resigns under pressure or she invokes the 25th Amendment. I think the 25th Amendment she, thing would, would huh? I think that would be more of a of a deal. Okay, so they invoke the 25th Amendment. I don't see him resigning. And then she 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 becomes president, and she goes to the Senate for nominating her Nelson Rockefeller replacement after Gerald Ford. Yeah, and um, tries to govern. But the problem, and I did this on the Dove this morning when I was on the television show. Um, so, what's happening is. The polling data indicates that the rep- could very well 
sweep both houses of the Congress, Senate and House. And if the president's bad fortune were to continue, uh, dramatically so. In fact, that they could elect enough Republicans to be able to override every veto that Kamala Harris might put out there. And so they're looking at it. They they had such great hopes of Biden over um, that they were going to be able to change the world. And they did, but not for the better, for the worse. And so see now, notice how quiet the left is, the far left. See, very quiet. Um, they realize that that their party is in trouble, and in trouble to the point that um, you're going to have a situation where people are not going to want to trust Democrats, at least for this election cycle. So I don't know what the, the radical left is going to do, but Democrats have themselves in a very awkward position. The longer Joe stays in office, the more damage he does to the Democratic Party. President of the United States yesterday was asked a question Briefing by Afghanistan, and he got up and out of the room. Oh yeah, he doesn't want to talk about anything, right. and, and and so yeah, you know, the, and and I think that the most, in my opinion, as a as a veteran, the most um, disingenuous thing I saw was at Dover Air Force Base when the bodies came home, and he's standing there to try and be respectful, then he looks at his watch. Is it time for ice cream? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That hurt a lot of veterans and their families and the families of deceased veterans who died in Afghanistan. So, you know, he's just a walking. And, and so, um, but I think the Democrats realize they do not want Camilla and uh, Kamala. No. And... Uh, and that uh, the midterms could be very devastating for them. And um, I don't think they're going to be able to turn it. Uh, so um, they're looking at it from the standpoint, what can we get past now before the midterms that we can get through of part of our agenda? Now, we talked about... Excuse me talk about what happened this summer What's going on now is the belief that you were going to get the 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure and the 3.2 trillion dollar budget resolution there are democrats in the senate who said no we're not going to pass either one he didn't get either piece of that the piece of that regardless of what the house does it has to go through the senate it only took one senator to switch, and for the longest time, the focus was on Joe Manchin. Now the focus is on Joe Manchin and um, the um, senator from the, um, not Cord Booker, but the other, I can't think of his name at the moment, but the other senator from New Jersey, 
And there's two or three other senators who've already spoken out and said that they're not going to support either one. Well, he wanted this wanted to shift. So if he doesn't get, he's got to get 50 to get Kamala's tie-breaking. If he doesn't get 50, if he gets 49 or less, his, his political agenda is gone. What does he do? I have no idea. Is he going to go to the basement? <laughs> Sav- Savage and, always calls him a hologram. <laughs> well, that, that that could be. So so but the other thing again, summer of our discontent. Are you surprised at the aggressiveness of the mainstream media against him about what happened in Afghanistan? You know, I'm I'm amazed that well, and I think part of this is they're all rooting for the, you know, they're all paid off by the, you know, military contractors and the military industrial complex and all this. And I mm-hmm. think they were just mad as hell that he just was going to stick to his guns and he was going to leave that war. And the thing that I, somebody put this out on Twitter. I want to make sure I get this right because this this was a great comment. They said something about, you know, Joe Biden supported the, uh, supported the Afghanistan war 19 of the 20 years. <laughs> so, you, you know, he just... Uh, the thing I don't understand is why the media doesn't ever get called out for, like, cheerleading war. Like, I remember Brian Williams one time made a comment when, when Trump launched some missiles somewhere. He's like, oh, those beautiful missiles going across the night sky. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world is this? Can... can uh, I'm I'm just shocked that they're beating up Biden like they are because they cheerleaded, you know, oh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden when he was going up against Trump. And now that they've got Biden, they're like, well, we don't want this guy. <laughs> like, so you don't want Trump. You don't want this guy. Who do you want? And he and they're in the same boat that the Democratic Party is. They don't want Kamala either. Oh, no, no. They definitely don't she's want... She's basically disappeared as vice president. Well, I remember uh, two weeks before Joe and her ran across the finish line, uh, she was taken off TV and taken off circulation, and nobody saw her. And a lot of people think the reason why they took her out of the mix is because they were afraid she was going <laughs> to... He was gonna screw it up for him. <laughs> so well, and rightly so. Somebody needs to counsel her about her tackle because it's it's not well. It's and not she thinks that this this is the thing that I find so strange about her is that she thinks that all I got to do is not screw up. And then they'll give me the spot. And it's like, no, you're you're supposed how this is all supposed to work, Dan, as you know, is the vice president is supposed to take notes and is supposed to be getting ready to eventually either take over for the president or to run for president. 
And right. she's got this attitude of, well, I'm the vice president. I've done it. I'm just waiting around till they give me the next spot. And it's like, that's not how this works. <laughs> In her mind, it does, Jim. Apparently. And that's all it counts. All it counts. So I just find it amazing that, 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 um, another thing that you may not know about, and you know a lot, but there's a lot of, I tend to look for the, the interesting stuff that's buried under seven feet of paper. <laughs> so here, did you, here's another, did you know question? Did you know that, let me put it a different way. Yeah. Jim, who was in charge of the exit out of Afghanistan? Well, originally that was supposed that was that was uh, I thought a military thing. But then I find out later that I don't think it was that. I think it was somebody else. So, I don't know who the hell was <laughs> I don't know who the hell ran that all. The de- the department the department of the secretary that was in charge of the exit from Afghanistan was the secretary of state. Wow, really? And the mili- the military basically held a supportive role to the wishes of the secretary of state. This guy was in his Martha's Vineyard or Hamptons or someplace um, vacation when all hell broke out and it took him a while to get his work his way back to Washington. So this guy is great, but representational Jim of a lot of people in Biden administration. And, and I'm not I'm not picking on a particular person. I'm pointing out. If you look and listen to the demeanor of the Secretary of War, I'm not sure you can put three words together. <laughs> and we've got we've got the general in chief of the joint chair, chairman of the joint chiefs of staff focus on what's infecting his fighting men and he needs to start training them to deal with those issues he distracted through the secretary of defense who used to be the secretary of war was title originally set up the secretary of defense um comes across in his public demeanor as having no idea what the hell he's doing and so jim when you when you think about the understanding chain of command and this is how i'm going to prove my point okay if if a brigadier general decided that they were going to exit Bagra Air Force Base 
and leave billions of dollars worth of supplies, munitions, helicopters, planes, oh, yeah. you name it. Leave it there. And he went to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley. I want to believe that he would have said, are you crazy? <laughs> you want to you want to leave eight to a billion dollars worth of armaments, hundreds of thousands of rifles, machines, you walk away from it and let the Taliban take it. If that was presented to General Milley, I would have said, gee. I guess I got to go to the president to get his approval. Well, through state, you've got people in the State Department, starting top, people who have had no military experience, do nothing about exit strategies, and decided to do it on their own. So it shouldn't be a surprise to the world that it was the wokes in the department who said, we don't need that. We'll just leave it alone. They, they, they won't take it. They won't touch it. Their insane objection, their insane decision about what to do with the military supplies showed the ineptness and the lack of experience in the State Department and why they should have never, ever been in charge of the exit of Afghanistan by American forces, but they were. And what did Joe do? You know, I think I'm going to let them decide what they want to do, and I'll support. He comprehend, understand what the risks were in doing what they were proposing. So have a lot of people in the cabinet, in the secretary positions, have no experience anywhere near the field that they're responsible for. Look at how many people were, were questioned about their ethics, uh, and lots of things about them, their moral behavior, that caused them to resign or re recuse themselves from consideration. Who was vetting them? Was it, was it the Justice Department? Who was vetting these candidates? And providing the information to the president, the people who were doing the vetting process didn't do a good job under Obama, and they're doing a worse job under Biden. So then the question becomes, I heard this phrase used over the weekend, will somebody please tell me who's behind the curtain? <laughs> when the president of the United States says, I've been told I can't do this. I've been told I shouldn't do that. Uh, I've been told on who I've I been call. given a list and who, who I need right. to call on first. <laughs> right. So, so there's a wonderful cartoon. You can go to um, fivenews.com on the internet. And uh, on the front page, you scroll down towards the bottom and you'll see a cartoon and you'll see a link to uh, 100, 150 cartoons. Yeah. And you scan through that and you'll find a picture of a um, teleprompter in front of a microphone and 
caricature of Joe Biden sitting on a stool in front of the microphone in front of a curtain. And we can see that there's a hand coming, an arm coming through the curtain into the back of Joe Biden, implying that Joe Biden is a puppet. We also see who's on the other side of the curtain, Barack Obama. <laughs> there are a lot of people saying, oh, this was going to be Obama's third term. The way that Joe has screwed it up, I'm not sure that Obama wants to have it called his third term. But I think he's very much involved in the decisions and what happens in the White House. Well, as we wrap up here, I want to start with uh, how's how's the nonprofit doing, my friend? You you've got a a lot of things going with that. Uh, yes, um, we're um, we're negotiating with a major digital television network to provide um, content from songs and stories for soldiers. Um, we're Fantastic. still negotiating that. I hope it happens. We're still sending out MP3 players on a regular basis. The gentleman who rode his motorcycle across the country, the major from the yep. Marine Corps Reserve, yep. we, sent yep. him, uh, we sent him a case of uh, MP3 players for his people, which was appreciated. And you're, the gentleman you had on from uh, the organization that's providing the vest for the police officers. Yes. We sent, yes. We sent him a bunch. And, uh, and so we continue to send stuff out. We can always use money. You can do that by going to Songs and Stories for Soldiers. US and click on the donate button and send us some money. Ten dollars will buy a, a buy and ship an MP3 player to a veteran. Um, so that's going. Uh, I just finished and sent out um, last week. I think it was last week. Yeah, last week. Um, my most recent manuscript of my most recent novel called Sad Eyes. And um, we saw the book cover design over the weekend and it's being entered into a book contest with a price of $5,000 if the book is selected. Wow. And um, we're going to be showing it to a lot of buyers and colleges and universities and bookstores and all that stuff. So we're excited about that. I'm in the, I've got uh, almost a third of the, Lincoln book in its final edit, and I'm hopeful that it will be done by the end of September. Um, so Sad Eyes could be coming out just before Christmas, and um, Lincoln could come out probably in uh, February or March. And I've started to write another sequence in the Ted Baker from the Red Isle series, another story. Um, and then we have black and white radio and television, which is just, I mean, there are many things I'd like to talk to you about, but I can't because they're not, they're not <laughs> solidified. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I could create a scenario that if everything worked out by the first of the year, we would be over 10 million listeners a month. Wow. That's fantastic. Which is 10, 10 million listeners. Jim, that 4% of the adult population in the United States. That's quite the deal, my friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will have to say, that is uh, that is quite the deal. And it, it was because we decided 
to give the opportunity for people to find people who agree with them and at the same time. Now, I do have an announcement that I can make for you, special for you. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got two minutes. Um, so we we look at, Barton and I, Neely, uh, we look at things differently. And the combination of his blackness and my whiteness gives us kind of a gray, but great gray matter to think about things to do. Tomorrow, we're going to have a guest on the show is a from the state of Washington who's running for the third congressional district. And she's agreed to be the first candidate to go through our candidate qualification questionnaire. Wow. We're going to give the candidate five questions, one at a time. They have a total of two minutes or ten minutes to answer all five questions. And there will be a series of questions so nobody gets the exact five. What we're going to do is find out from candidates what they and their and what they're doing in that public the candidates who are running are doing a Jim, who decided that we program the segment of all persuasions. However, the Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.